Welcome to Writer Syndrome, a podcast about writing from start to finish. This episode's topic, The Fragile Artist and Self-Doubt. I'm Russ Capasso, and joining me as always is Tim Letney. Tim, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most fragile, how fragile are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm clocking in at like 11. I'm like an 11 fragile. Yeah, this this fragile goes to 11. <laughs> <laughs> I always think about that. There's that that bit in Flight of the Concords where... um. He was like, you know, Brett, you're really sensitive. He's like, I can't believe you just said that. And we so sensitive. <laughs> sensitive. You can't take it. <laughs> you get that my whole life, you know? I So this is, um we we kind of touched on this like the last episode and you and I have talked about this pretty, it always comes up. Like every, I think every week when we had our writer's chat, it would come up and one of us would be like, oh, this sucks. This thing sucks. I hate this. Why? I'm just going to burn it. I'm going to th- just burn my computer, throw it out the window. I don't care for it. This is terrible. And then you come back the next week and you're like, oh, this is the best thing ever. I'm excited again. Uh, it's a weird roller coaster. You were kind of at two different stages, I think, of our self-doubt. How are you feeling since you just handed your draft off to your first two beta readers, I guess, right? Your, your yeah. early readers. Your, how are you feeling? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's weird. I, I feel like there's this interesting dichotomy where I was really excited to finish draft three and then I wouldn't let go of it. Yeah. I was like, oh, wait, I actually have to show this to people now because <laughs> now is the time for feedback. Yeah. And um, I held on to it a little longer. I did another reread of the whole thing. So if we're being honest, it's really probably draft 3.5. I still yeah. missed a bunch of stuff. <laughs> but um, it's nerve wracking, you know, letting this piece of work just kind of you know, be seen by by other folks and yeah. and critiqued by other folks, right? So not only is it, you know, I feel like I always wrestle with the self-doubt, even when I sit down to write, if I'm not having a good day, yeah. you know, there's this, what am I even doing? I'm yeah. sitting in a corner in a house alone writing <laughs> and that's nerve wracking. And I feel like you have to constantly kind of battle that inner voice. Yeah. But now that it's like, quote unquote, done in this draft and then to show it to people, it's, it's terrifying. Yeah, because now it's not just this little secret, you know, it's it's out there you really are putting a, a piece of yourself out there. Like I protected myself over the years in writing as a critic. You know, I used to review movies and, and books and movies for a, a local publication in Boston called The Weekly Dig and critiquing art. That's simple. <laughs> it's really easy to say that things are bad or things are good yep. because you haven't done anything. It's one of the reasons why I don't want to speak bad almost about any art now, because it's so yeah. intense and trying. It takes so much effort yeah. that um, actually creating something is um, it's it's a hell of a lot of work and it's really, really scary. Yeah. So props to all the artists out there that can need <laughs> to push out their work. How about you, Russ? Where are you at? I feel like I'm on even more of a roller coaster lately. So early on, I was terrified to hand this off the whip off to anyone. Uh, and, you know, I, I gave it to you, another close friend of ours to read. And you, you guys were the first two eyes on it. And, but that was like a little bit, it was kind of safe a bit, you know, I, I felt you guys would be honest uh, and and cautious and understanding that like, it's a story. It's, you know, I'm working through that. Uh, that was definitely brought some, some terrifying moments. But now I'm like, I just handed it off to like a professional editor, someone who doesn't know me. I've gone through mm-hmm. beta readers. That was another big like round of like, this thing sucks. Like I remember I sent out one draft to like the first, I think 10 people or so. Oh my God. 10 and, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was like friends and people like just outside the friend circle. Cause I didn't want it all to all be friends who were just, you know, a little biased, but uh, everyone was very honest, which was good, but that was terrifying. And then it was terrifying when I opened up that draft and I started reading it and I was like immediately found an error. And I was like, 
<laughs> I suck. I suck. I suck. I suck so much. Like I could have fixed this pretty easily, but I just missed it. Um, but now sending it off to an editor, I had to just, I had, I got to a point where I was like, there's things that I know that are bad. And I'm like, I'm, I'm so terrified of like these things, but I just organized myself and said, just put them, put them in a list and tell the editor that you have these things you're concerned about and just move on. And it's about fixing those things. Uh, and I, that kind of helped me get through like the, I suck at this. I should just go do something else, you know, shovel shit somewhere. <laughs> someone needs someone to shovel shit, right? <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I, a little more of a roller coaster, but I think what also helped me work through some of the self-doubt, especially in like those early drafts. Once I realized I should treat this like a, like, like a product that I'm, I know you hate this, but kind of think of it as like, I mean, at the end of the day, it is, right? It is. Yeah. It really is. And at, when I started thinking of that and in my past work experience where that's what it was, it was all about getting this, th- getting this piece of work out, getting feedback on it and making it better. And it was kind of a light bulb moment in my head. I think once I handed it off to you and another friend and, and a couple of people and they read it early on, I was like, okay, this isn't, this isn't so bad. Um, mm-hmm. I can handle this feedback. I can handle this. I should take this. I want to hear the worst things you can say about it so then I can go fix it. And like my brain kind of just a little switch went off and now like I feel more I feel more comfortable with it but I definitely still have moments of like I suck this sucks <laughs> it's weird you know when you know I sent my uh my draft 3.5 off to you and to my wife um Jill who does screenwriting and I was nervous right and kind of almost like oh my god can I take that back but then another part of me is the kind of day went on I was like you know what I should just send this to everybody <laughs> you know and I think there's that there's that artistic dichotomy where like you want to hide it but you also want to share yeah and i didn't because i was like let's wait until it because i mean i I count you as you know you're like the first person my wife's the first person to see it and i want to be able to clean it up and fix it up and then maybe send it to more folks but i did i got a little ahead of myself and i was like you know what i've had some i've got a few other folks who are kind of interested in reading it let's just send them this draft and Yeah, yeah and at the end of the day i was like it wouldn't even be respectful of their time to send them this iteration because i know it's going to change as soon as i get feedback from yeah. from you and um and jill there's a line of uh excitement and also just uh being cautious i think like my my beta readers like i did two rounds of that and i learned quite a bit from that but which we'll talk maybe in a future episode but yeah there was an excitement moment like because once you send out the first time like the first couple people you're like this thing's awesome. I can send this to everyone. And you're like, it's not, it's really not. <laughs> uh, and then that doubt kind of creeps in when you first started writing your first mm-hmm. draft, did you have a lot of doubt kind of creeping in or were you just like creative juices were flowing and you're like, I'm just having fun right now. What? Am, but there's nothing to worry about. I feel like it was, it's periodic. You know, I think it, it ebbs and flows. Some days I felt really, really good. Like yeah. I was, you know, firing all cylinders. The sentences were great. The characters are great. You know, scenes are popping off the page and then other moments where maybe I had gotten stuck or something felt a bit clunky or, or not described enough. And I was like, you know, what am I playing pretend? You know, yeah, we talk yeah. about, I mean, the title of our podcast, you know, writer syndrome. And there, there is this kind of imposter syndrome. And, and am I, am I playing pretend or, yeah. or can I do this? And yeah. um, I think we're presented with so many chances and not just in writing. I think it's a fine metaphor for really just about anything that we work on. So many chances to give up on stuff, Yep. you know, and um, there's so many outs and so many excuses to to not do a thing because ultimately like sitting down and, you know, writing or walking or whatever you're doing, it takes effort and intention and 
you got every excuse in the world not not to do the thing. So to see that when I'm writing and just having that little voice in my head pop in and be like, hey, man, you really suck. <laughs> hey, you know how bad you are right now? And then kind of sitting with that feeling for a second, but not listening too much to it and, and you know, doing your best to come back the next day. And yeah. I mean, if I have any advice at all is that it changes, you know, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll have a day where you're feeling terrible and you'll have a day where you're feeling great. Yep. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's a really, really interesting experience. And it's a very, that's the other thing too, is like now I almost, honestly, I think that self-doubt is creeping in right now because I'm like, it's a very, in a way, it's like a selfless and a selfish act. You're sitting down, like you're focusing on yourself in a way, you know, yeah. you're telling your story, you know, you want to be read, you think you've got something of import to say. Yep. And all that stuff is true. Like you feel that way. So I don't know. It's, it's a really, really odd balance and it's really really easy to beat myself up for i don't know trying to be something maybe i'm not or yeah and i think anybody can i think that's the thing is like when i look at it objectively you know anybody can write you know it takes a lot of dedication a lot of time i think it's it's a very accessible art form to sit down and do like my kids are like super into writing now and i think that's one of the benefits i think even though i have these days where i waffle and i you know have a lot of self-doubt my kids have been so supportive and now they're sitting down and making little books themselves and nice. saying you know what i want when i grow up i'm gonna have like a career i'm gonna do this but i'm also gonna write like dad does and <laughs> that like warms my heart to read and i'm like you kids are gonna be like phenomenal at uh, writing because uh, they're they are too also like very observant and, and sensitive and i think in the, the 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 first draft i had no idea what i was doing so i just kind of powered through and it was just fun uh so there, this, there was no self-doubt because i also no? wow not re- like not enough for the first draft. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing, so I just kind of was like, "Oh, I'm gonna just burr, 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 and kind of power through this thing." And I was just so focused with doing it, and I also really had no plans to do much else. Like there was no, I, I wasn't like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna go and try and query and get this thing published." And then at the end of it, I was like, "Oh, this is actually a lot of fun. I really enjoy this. Uh, let me take it to the next round." And then I read it, and then I was like, "What? What? What am I doing?" <laughs> right? And and I was like, "I don't." I was like, "What am I doing?" I'm like, "I don't know what I'm doing." Then it's very evident in this first draft. And then the second one, I was like, "That's when it really crept in." I was like, "That's when I started having like bouts of like the doubt coming in, like every every round or two." And now it's like more focus. It's like a, the, my third act, right? It's like I feel really good yeah. about this part, but in this part I feel really bad. I'm like, "Ah, oh, man, I yeah. don't I don't know what to do here," you know. But I think that what helped kind of move me through was knowing that every draft, every revision I did, it was getting better. And even yeah. my writing, which was terrible that first draft, which is fine. Even the second draft, it was terrible. And then the third draft, I was like, fine, like I feel more confident in this. It definitely needs work. I still need a lot. I have a ton to learn still, but I can see the iterations in each version, each revision, each draft, whatever, getting better and better. Mm-hmm. And it's like becoming more of a like a story you can see and, 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 you know, get involved in seeing that helps kind of push through that progression. Yeah. And helps push through that, like that self-doubt moments. But yeah, when I finished my first draft, it was like a slap in the face (laughs) because slap, it felt like a, like a haymaker. (laughs) Someone just landed across my jaw. Like I finished it. I was like, wow, this is going to be pretty good. And then I read it and I was like, oh my God, this reads like maybe a fifth or a sixth grader wrote it. (laughs) It wasn't what I had pictured, you yeah. know, as you're yeah. running through it. And, and then, you know, I found those scenes in, in further edits, just to echo your point that it got better and continues to get better. Yeah. Now I'm dealing with the opposite of like, okay, it keeps getting better. 
when do I, can I stop now and move on to the next thing? Like, I want to tell another story. Am I still refining this? Yep. Can I just pass it off to somebody and they can dial it up the rest? Can you, and... can you just do this for me, please? Yeah, not until you get a writing team. You know, can you, can you do that? Maybe no. someday. Are there any other things that you, that have helped you kind of power through some moments? Honestly, probably a schedule, like a routine. Just going to say, yeah. Um, because I don't think there's much you can do yourself, like in your head. It's really just, you know, coming back to the bench and coming back to the table and giving yourself an opportunity again. Yeah. I think as sensitive folks, and I think all artists are sensitive writers, definitely, you know, you want approval, but you can't find that while you're writing. At least you can't find it outside of yourself because yeah. you're not going to. You may get a little of it, you know, from your friends during like a beta session or something. But when it comes to like you, when you're actively writing, it's all on you, really. Yeah. You've got to kind of find like your drive and your flow yourself. Yep. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not, but I, I definitely would echo that. Like having a routine and having it like a set routine also helped because then Again, I know you're not gonna like this, but it kind of became somewhat of a like a job, right? Where you have your time, where you write, and this no, I don't put. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, I don't want to keep making it sound so manufactured, but there, not you, to say you, I'm you, sensitive, but I think I'm feeling a little <laughs> sensitive right now. I think you're calling me out about being a pantser. I'm I calling think, you like, off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe you just said that. <laughs> you're so sensitive. <laughs> But I, but no, but I agree. I agree with having like having a set time and and going back to that every, every, every day or, you know, at least six days out of the week or something, give yourself one day off, but like continuing that and having that pattern and you get, it's basically like exercise, like reps, right. And you just get into it and then your brain's in that mode. And then you're just, you're, you're cruising and you don't have time for self-doubt because your, your, your brain is just operating on creativity, which is, which has helped me. And I will say what also helped me beyond uh and what was the, the impetus of this this podcast is our chats like when we you and i started chatting yep. however we have a year now or whatever it's been yep. um and having a weekly cadence of just having someone else kind of in your in your corner um because that is so huge and like there'd be yeah. weeks where you and i would chat and both of us would be stuck on something or like i i know there's been times where i've come on there and be like i don't know i hate this thing i want to burn it you know and and you're like, well, where are you at? And I'd like walk through it and you'd be like, well, why don't you try this or do this or blah, 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 or and just talk about the the story and the characters. And then it kind of sparks you again to get excited and you get through that. So uh, definitely yeah, having, a really a, good point. having a writer friend or group I, is immensely helpful. That's a good point. And I didn't even think about that, but at the end of so many of our, our chats, you know, I noticed it in you and, and I, I noticed it in myself, this kind of like renewed vigor or yes. sense of purpose where like the next day all of a sudden we're texting in the morning it's like yeah. eight it's like you working yep i'm working <laughs> working yep whereas the night before we were like oh man <laughs> what are we doing but yeah i think being able to share it and then you find that that confidence i think in your work as you talk about it as you kind of realize like yeah. how much effort and time you've put in and you can you know focus on the good stuff the other thing i'd say too and like to echo your your sentiment russ i think routine crazy important but also I do think some days are harder than others where the words just aren't coming. Mm-hmm. And I'd say as like a supplement to that, still use the time, but just use it to read. I, yeah. There's been a lot of times where, you know, I felt a little stalled out or a little self-doubt and reading either inspired me yep. um, 
because, you know, maybe what I was reading was so good. I was like, oh my God, this is like a high watermark. I want to try to hit something like this. Or maybe what I was reading was not as good. And I was like, oh, well, I can do this. I yeah. know I, I could at least do this. Yep. Reading like that wide spread and quality like of these books, at least ones that were speaking to me, really, really motivated me. Like my wife had bought me a book for, for Christmas, you know, two years ago. And it was one of those books where I, I finished it and then I just threw it across the room. I was like, I could do that. <laughs> like, why am I, why did I spend two days reading that when I, I could have written something? And Jill was like, you know, had I known that book was going to be so inspiring for you, I would have bought it sooner. <laughs> Not that I wanted to torture you with it, but like, it's what I keep coming back to where I was like, I know that I have the capability to deliver higher than this level. Yeah. So yeah, I think, yeah, if, if the words aren't coming, then just just read, read something you're really interested in or, or read something you're not because that helps. Yeah, that was a kind of a, a mantra I, I pulled while I was writing and, and doing editing was that if I'm not writing, then I'm reading because if I'm stuck, yeah, 100% agree where just pick up whatever, doesn't matter, it doesn't have to be in genre or whatever you're writing, just grab something you're reading and just, and just, and it's helped immensely. Mm -hmm. Usually I write, I read first thing in the morning to get kind of the brain going and then it's like, I get excited. Uh, but yeah, definitely getting stuck and just go right back to it and can I talk about, and this kind of figures into this, another thing that's almost derailed me so many times. It relates to taking in other forms of media, whether it's another book or a, a movie or a game or a TV show, the similarities, right? I think it's mm -hmm. good to have comps, but there's so many times that I've been reading something or watching something and I'm like, oh my God, this is exactly like my scene here. Or, yep. oh my God, was I subconsciously influenced by this when I watched it three years ago and now mm -hmm. I have a scene like that. This has already been done. I shouldn't yeah. be doing this at all. And I've re I wrestle with that like all the time. Even lately, Stranger Things has been like the biggest culprit for me. I'm sitting down and watching it with my kids and I'm like, man, I got tentacle monsters. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like now granted, like Stranger Things itself, it has a lot of the same like DNA, like, yeah. you know, 70s and 80s horror, whether it's like The Thing or Evil Dead or whatever else. Like that's the stuff I came up on. So of course there's going to be a lot of similarities. But sometimes when I see those episodes, I'm like, I shouldn't write. <laughs> you know, I remember yeah. when I walked out of Us years ago and I was like, oh man, that movie was so good. Like Jordan yeah. Peele knocked it out of the park. I shouldn't write. Like that was so great. I have nothing as good to, to say. To say, yeah. So I, I do think sometimes it can be reading and, you know, taking in movies can be inspiring and it can also be threatening in a way. Yeah, that's, 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 that's actually a really good point. I don't, and I don't know, I think that'll always be the case where you see something or watch, or at least for me, I know, like if I see something really good, I'm just like, ah, but on the flip side, getting past that little self-doubt of like seeing someone else's work, because uh, you never want to compare yourself to, to other people's work as, as much as is possible. You don't want to do that. Right. But yep. I also look at it like, well, how did they do this? And yep. And I start going into skip, try to skip right over that self doubt and go right into analyze mode and be like, okay, how did they do this? And why is it interesting to me? And why did I like it? And is there something I can kind of pull from that? And mm -hmm. a great example is so I'm reading like the, um, uh, the Broken Earth series, the, the fifth season. I'm not sure if you heard that one. It's a mm -hmm. fantasy. It's, it's great. And the way it's written is very interesting and very different. I mean, uh, it's, you know, there's, chapters that are alternate between different characters and they're in different point of views and one's in like first person, another one's in like second person, which you don't see very often. And it was like at first really jarring, but then I got to the end of it and it was like, okay, it all made sense in the narrative and what they were trying to do. 
and I saw, I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool, I like, I like that, that concept. And I was like, oh, is there a way I can use this for my second book, which is going to be kind of an interesting narrative from, you know, a single character, but from two different uh, time points. So instead of being like, this is fantastic. It's won all the, you know, all the awards, uh, instead of getting down about like, I can't do this, just be like, well, mm -hmm. how did they do this? And can I take something from this and learn from it, you know, to, to apply to whatever I'm working on. So yep. yeah, I think that's kind of like the other end of skipping the self-doubt. Yeah. There's been two times when I was younger that I was derailed because of the similarities. I had like, I'd done like a, a bit of fiction that I had posted on Twitter a million years ago. It was influenced by one of those planet earth, you know, the, the mm -hmm. zombie fungus with the ants. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of like, and that was, before Last of Us. So obviously, like Neil Druckmann probably saw that same planet Earth and delivered a story that was like, you know, certainly like heads and shoulders above what I had delivered at that time, which was like yeah. about an office drone. Like, who the hell wants to hear that story? <laughs> um, but I'd never really finished it because I was intimidated by like a, a larger wor work that was yeah. dealt with a very similar concept. Yep. And then I had had a concept, you know, years afterwards about like spontaneous combustion or something, <laughs> only to find out that a book was written maybe a year or two after I had started kind of plotting it a little bit. And then there was like a, a Netflix movie or something, too. And I was like, well, I'm never going back to that idea because <laughs> yeah. it already exists. But now looking at my my piece now, there's so many. Once again, I think because it's very influenced by 80s horror and, and yeah. King that there's so many similarities to so many things Yeah, that there's a lot of, I think moments where I could have been like, just stop, dude. Like, yeah. what are you doing? That's unique enough. And I think that's what I eventually found is that I have, I think I do have a unique take on these things yeah. and that kind of gives me confidence to, to push it forward. But there was times when I had huge moments of self-doubt when I was like, what's setting mine apart? Why, yeah. why is this story different? Yep. And, and what am I trying to get across that that's, that's unique. It's one thing I wanted to talk about getting back to, you know, writers and artists and this need for approval and how we so often want to look, you know, outside for for support to kind of push us along. I think there is a really large risk that if you might identify the wrong folks, whether it's friends or family members who may not, I mean, they won't, <laughs> may, may not, <laughs> probably not even the right way to put it. They can't be as supportive as you need them to be. Yes. And then that's, I mean, not even talking about some of like the folks who actually may want to, who aren't in your corner and who aren't rooting for you. Russ, you talked about how you and I sat down and, you know, it was great to share and you felt like you had somebody in your corner. Yep. Not everybody will be. Yeah. Um, some are going to be, you know, questioning your choice to write, you know, some are just going to poo poo you like it's high school again. They want to tear you it down just, just to make themselves feel a little bigger. Yep. So I think it's really, really important that when you identify folks, even just to talk about what you're doing is that you feel comfortable and confident that they're not going to derail you. Because I think especially early on, it's really, really easy on top of your own self-doubt. You know, if you've got somebody who you consider a friend, a colleague or family member, you know, poo-pooing your life choice to, to do this um, yeah. or dismissing it or poking fun at you, it's going to get you off track and it's going to be hard to get back on track. I, I agree. And that's tough to identify like who sometimes who those, who those people will be or won't be. And it's one thing if it's constructive criticism, I think like yeah. that's okay. I think that you've yep. got some friends that have given you very valuable criticism and like, you know me, like I'm good to talk to, but sometimes I err on the side of too much support. You know, I'm like, yeah. keep it all. Don't change yeah. anything. Yeah. Don't listen to a thing. <laughs> so there needs to be 
a balance, but it can't just be somebody who's just shitting on you because they want to or yeah. because they're not doing something themselves. Yeah, you, and it's tough because, like, again, you need to find that person you trust uh, to, one, give you honest feedback, to someone that's going to be not totally shitting on, on what you've done, right? Mm-hmm. And at least give you that feedback in a way that's constructive and, and, and in, in a way that's going to help you progress to being better. Um, not just being like, oh, this sucks. It's so similar to like, not to tangent a little bit, but my kids deal with it all the time. Yeah. You know, if they're doing well at something or, or even if they're just feeling particularly confident in a moment, if their friends or some kids at school kind of like pick on them for something or kind of draw attention to them, they come home and they're like, why did this person say that? Yeah. And it's very interesting. It's like, well, you know, you could have maybe been threatening them in the moment they might not like the confidence that you're exuding in that moment. And they're trying to maybe make you feel a little smaller or a little yep. lower yeah. while trying to make themselves feel a little bigger. And and that's all probably on the subconscious level. I don't think there's any intention to do it, but I, I think that interaction, it continues throughout our yeah. whole lives. And yeah. I think it's amplified when it's around art too, because you're putting something out you deeply care about. So for somebody to to critique it without even reading it, <laughs> I'd say like, since I started this process, I've gotten uh, interesting f- reactions from from friends and yeah. different categories. And and some of it is, I think, just um, just kind of razzing me a little bit here and there. And I, don't, I know they don't mean it in like a bad way at all, you know, but have it's you just ever like, thought that maybe you're being too sensitive? <laughs> <laughs> my art is my life, Tim. My, my words are my blood. Um, no, man, I'm just joking. <laughs> Don't be so sensitive. Yeah. Conversation over. There's no comeback. Yeah, I, but again, and then that ties into to a little bit of self doubt. If you've got people who are kind of giving you giving you a little bit of a hard time about something you're doing, you know, self doubt starts creeping, in and you're like, oh, should I be doing this? So, that's yep. it's kind of tough. As an artist, you you need to both be sensitive and have a little tough skin. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's kind of a weird. It's a weird combination. Cause, and not many do. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No, I, I, very early on, I was like, oh, this is, this is rough. I'm not, I'm not really a big fan of this. And then I actually had a friend reach uh, talk to me about it. And they were like, yeah, I've seen other people like talk to you about this, your writing and your project you're on. And, and he's like, he's like, if I was ever did that to you, like, I'm, I'm sorry. And I was like, oh, well, thanks. But wow. Like you, you didn't. And early on you did, but you were, I knew, I knew where it was coming from and it, it's okay. But yeah. It was kind of interesting to hear that. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm over it. I've written something I'm excited about and it's just going to get better and I don't, whatever, you know? Yep. So yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's the fragile artist. Does that factor into like when you're identifying beta readers, did that cross your mind about, you know, who's going to be honest and, and who's going to be critical for, you know, the sake of being critical? Um, and who's going to be like me, just completely, you know, fluffing you up about the... <laughs> you need you need fluffers in life, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want to urge people on to create, man. I think, yeah. you know, the more art, the better. No, 100%. And it definitely influenced, uh, which is going to be great uh, for, I think, our next episode. We're going to talk about beta readers and, and feedback. So it's a good tip. But yeah, I it definitely influenced how I chose beta readers. And I'm still learning that process because you want to... I wanted people who were outside of, of my loop, um, mm-hmm. but I also wanted a couple people within it because a lot of people were like very, you know, jumping out wanting to read so and help yep. out. And yeah, I think that's a that's probably a good setup for, for the next episode. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's our episode. So thanks for listening, everyone. If you got a topic idea or any feedback, send us an email at chat at writersyndrome.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at writer underscore syndrome. Otherwise, head over to writersyndrome.com for all our episodes. Join us next time where we're going to discuss beta readers, finding them, collecting them, 
getting that feedback and how to handle feedback. And I think that's it. Have a good one. Until next time, keep writing. <laughs>